Welcome to the Fast Brackets Podcast, where we highlight the cars and stars of top sportsmen and top dragster drag racing. I am your host, Rex Simmermaker, coming to you live from the heart of Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world, at the Renegade Race Fuels booth number 3501 at the Performance Racing Industry Trade Show. Welcome to the show. Guys, girls, today is episode number 33. It is the second week in December, and we are live at the Renegade Race Fields booth. We're about four blocks south of where we normally record the show on the circle of downtown Indianapolis at the MS Communications Tower. Um, and we've got a little bit different show for you today. Um, it is live, or at least recorded live in front of a audience, which is a little bit different. It's kind of like Cheers. Remember the show, TV show Cheers? It was recorded live in front of a studio audience. So um, today, you can kind of call me Sam Malone. Um, I do not have Norm sitting here, but we're going to sit here. We're going to see who comes down those stairs, sits at the bar, and I'm going to throw that little bar towel over my shoulder and talk shop today. Um, We've got a couple great guests coming on. And um, I am really excited about this. Uh, So, guys, girls, get to whatever it is um, that you do when you're listening to podcasts. You can make your commute. You can clean the shop or you can make your drive home from PRI. But metaphorically speaking, get your helmet on, get strapped in, because here we go. All right, guys, girls, let's make a pass. Let's get them hot. Let's put them in the water box. Um, And let's start with PRI to drag racers. This is what teenage girls uh, call them all, and it is everything to all our drag racers. It's like a candy shop. It's so good. It's so much fun. There's, There's so many toys here, and it is the greatest thing. But before we get to all the super cool stuff here at PRI, let me say this. It is coming up on Christmas. Um, Do you need another t-shirt? Probably not. But what you should do is you should reach out, hit me up on the Facebook page or the Twitter or the my email and get yourself a Fast Brackets Nation t-shirt. They look great um, and they're super comfortable. And um, truthfully, I don't need um, any more sitting in my spare bedroom. So um, if you can reach out, I will make you a deal here at PRI. And um, or later, so let me know. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the show this year, and it's just a small way to support it. Um, all right, let's put it in the beams, and we're going to do this several times today. And let's start with the man sitting right next to me, the head tech director at Renegade Race Fuels, Ron Finney. Ron, how are you today? Doing good, Rex. Glad to be here. Glad to be on the show. Thanks for coming. Um, appreciate you coming on. Um, you guys have been at PRI for several years now in a row, um, and uh, you've got a great booth here set up. Um, talk to us a little bit about what all you have going on here and what you're focusing on here at PRI this year. Sure, I'd be glad to do that, Rex. Yeah, our booth gets bigger and bigger every year, and, and we're out here on the peninsula. I've been out here about the last four years. Uh, promoting the products and letting racers know that we're here. Uh, we're kind of a unique company built by a sportsman racer. 
uh, by our founder, Toby Baptiste, and uh, we still have a focus on that sportsman racing. So while we're the, uh, the official fuel of several series, Ultra 4 and several others, uh, one of the things that we do different is that we don't have any fuel mandates. So while we may be the official fuel, uh, we don't require racers to uh, run our fuel to participate in those series. Uh, you know, we figure we're going to get your business a good old-fashioned way. We're going to earn it. You're going to come to us uh, because we're giving you the great product. So, and that's what we're showcasing here today. We've got our race fuels, but a lot of things new with our uh, Car Care line and our new uh, Octane Boost, our new Diesel Boost product, which is new. Got our oil demo going over here in this uh, our oil additive. We have an engineer who's in the NASA Hall of Fame that developed that. And so if you're looking to increase your horsepower, reduce the heat in the engine, uh, come over here and see Buck Parker doing the demo on the uh, uh, machine over here to test the bearings. Yeah, and I think that's really the two things we're always trying to do, right? We're trying to increase horsepower and reduce heat because heat is damaging. And so you guys have a, a full line of lubricants and fuel. So talk us through a little bit about your product line, Ron. Yeah, absolutely. We've got a full ra- uh, array of race fuels from oxygenated fuels to standard race fuels. Uh, of course, unleaded fuels are getting very big on the market. Uh, we're a big player in the ethanol market with our E85s. Uh, our leaded version of the 85, which is big with the turbo and the high boost guys that we see in Top Sportsman, Top Dragster, uh, making the big boost. The E112 gets the octane up there where they need it to support that kind of cylinder pressures. Uh, and then we have our full line of racing oil, uh, which has been a big uh, feature product for us for years on end. Um, and that's here at the show. Uh, we've got our new jugs out, which people have been asking, you know, where's our jugs? So we've got the new jugs came in. They're in the new product showcase over uh, by the stadium. So if you're going out to see the trucks and trailers, you'll see those over there. Okay. Uh, and then our additive line and some of the things we mentioned earlier. Yeah. And from a distribution standpoint, um, talk about your footprint from a distribution Yeah, we're, we're actually a global company. Uh, while we've got coverage throughout the U.S., and we're working to grow. We're based out of Owensboro, Kentucky, and Bowling Green's our headquarters for the race division, but our manufacturing plants are up in Owensboro. Um, we've got distribution all over the United States. Uh, we're in all 50 states. We're also in Mexico. We're in Canada. We're in Curacao. We're in Suriname. We're in Australia. So we're, we're a global company. Uh, but we're working to expand our presence out west. Um, you'll see a lot of new things coming up in this year and uh, a lot more exposure on the west coast with Renegade Race Fields for the 2020 season. Yeah, t- that's uh, really good stuff. Talk to us a little bit about what you're – and you came on on episode number three. I and, did. Uh, and so if you're listening right now and you want to learn all about Ron Finney and what he does in his race program, uh, you stop it right now. You can uh, go to episode number three, listen to that, and come back to us. Uh, but just for those folks, uh, real quickly, t- tell us about what your title is, what your role is, and, and what you do on a daily basis. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm the tech director and, and also manage the quality control for Renegade Race Fuels and Lubricants. And uh, my job basically is to work with the racers. And, and like we'll be doing here in the seminar right after the podcast here, we'll be doing a seminar at 11. We've got another coming up at 2. Uh, doing a little different this year. We've always done them upstairs one day, and not everybody's here every day. So we're trying to do some smaller seminars here in the booth. So you got racers or people that are here at the show, tell them to come on by. Seminars are free. We give away cash. We give away prizes, but it's always free. So that's my job, to educate racers. Uh, I do a lot of fuel development work, uh, help develop the products and, and stuff. But our biggest thing that we do is to reach out is supporting the racers. So when they've got issues, they've got challenges, 
we're here to help them work through that and find solutions that work that make them fast. And, then, and there's also some people that weren't fortunate enough to get here to PRI this week, so they, they're going to miss your um, seminar here live. So what's the best way for those folks to, to check out and learn all about what it is that you guys do and what you know your, your differences are? Absolutely. Just log on to our website at renegaderacefuels.com. You can go up to the tech tab. We've got a ton of articles, a ton of information, some of the stuff. Uh, a lot of the pieces, parts we use in the seminar, it's free to the racers. It's available. Email me anytime at tech at renegaderacefuels.com, and we'll help you. Give me a call, 270-467-4221. You can find that on the website. We'll talk to you anytime, day or night. And if you've got questions need to understand how it works, how fuels work, and I don't care what brand you run, we'll help you figure out uh, what's going on and, and explain fuels to you so you can make better decisions, which makes you a better racer. Yeah, I, I can uh, echo that. I mean, Ron, you've been very helpful in my race program, and I always appreciated it. And I certainly appreciate you coming on this morning, um, you know, as you prepare for another seminar. So, Ron, Finney, thanks for coming on to Fast Brackets Podcast here at PRI. Thanks for having us, Rex, and that's the power of Renegade. Thank you, sir. That was Ron Finney, and up next, um, walking by here, and I'm, I'm glad we caught him, um, Jeff Melnick sits down with us. Jeff, welcome to the show. How are you today? Good, Rex. How are you doing? I'm excellent. I mean, I'm at PRI. Like, there's there's the coolest stuff in drag racing is here, and um, it gets me fired up. So uh, I'm happy to be here, and I, I appreciate you stopping by because you do some really cool stuff as well at Exotic Fabrication, um, and tell us a little bit maybe about what it is that you do uh, with your company, Exotic Fabrication. Thank you. Uh, I started Exotic Fabrication like probably 14 or 15 years ago. Uh, I did a lot of side work. I worked full-time, and then I would do it in the evenings. Just about a year ago, uh, I was just pretty much overwhelmed with work, and I had to basically quit my full-time job and start doing it uh, eight hours a day, Monday through Friday. So... That was last September, and uh, it's been a little bit over a year now. It's been great. Been really busy. Built a lot of cool stuff. Worked on some awesome cars. Uh, a lot of headers, chassis updates. Um, well, pretty much anything from mild steel, stainless steel, chromoly, titanium, aluminum, magnesium, any alloy you could think of. I like messing with the exotic stuff. That's where I came up with the name, exotic sure. fabrication. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's been been great. So here we are, at PRI, and. First time here, and it's unbelievable the amount of stuff that's here and the people. It's just overwhelming almost. It, it can be, for sure. Um, there, there's so much here. And I, what I tell people is I say, if you have an idea for something you want done on your race car, the the knowledge is here in this city yeah, right now. Sure. And, and, it, and they can get to, you can get it done. You can figure out how to get that done. And you're a great example of it. You're you're not just a welder, but you do exotic materials. Uh, I've seen some of your work and, and stuff that's just that the normal guy doesn't work with every day, and um, so that can be tougher. And you know, just maybe talk to about something uh, a little bit different that we don't see every day. That's something you do or have done in the past. Um, well, I mean, a lot of the stuff that really I started the business and I thought I was going to do just general welding and fabricating on stuff like I really didn't expect a whole lot of race car work I thought some but 
I put like one Facebook post on, and then ever since then, it's been word of mouth, and people have been calling me for work on race cars. So <laughs> the majority of the stuff I've done the last year is all race car based. I mean, I do some stuff for people that are outside of the race car uh, field, but for the most part, it's all been headers and chassis work and stuff. But uh, yeah, I've worked on some some pretty neat uh, titanium projects, Inconel, and some Moray ones, some really high dollar alloys that are yep. you know just if you mess it up, there's like ten grand in the trash can. Right. So right. don't mess up. Take your time and do it right. And that's that's where I've always been. Just I take my time and do it right. And at the end of the day, I'm, I'm proud of just about everything I've done. So. Well, and, and I've seen some of your work, and uh, you do some incredible cigar ashtrays. And, and we're going to talk stogies some other time. Okay. But uh, but yeah, that stuff is really impressive. Uh, but you're also you're also a racer. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your car and what you do on the track. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got a uh, Dodge Avenger that I built from scratch. Uh, me and my dad built it. I don't know, 10 years ago or so, and we built it to basically bracket race. And we did. Uh, we ran with a big block Mopar on the thing for years, and then uh, just kept, you know, increasing performance, and uh, eventually ended up going the way of a Chevy, um, big block Chevy in the car, ended up running some nitrous on that. We ran IHRA Top Sportsman. Had some success doing that. I really liked the Top Sportsman vibe instead of regular bracket racing because, you know, visibility is poor in these cars. Um you're like you're bringing a knife to a gunfight almost against slow door cars and dragsters. They're just so consistent and so good. So, uh, you know, I like to race where everybody has the same disadvantages that I do. No visibility, poor track usually, and a lot of horsepower. So, um, yeah, we run NHRA Division Three stuff and some PDRA stuff. And um, we got the Pro Charge deal in the car now. Uh, had that for a few years, just getting the bugs worked out on it. And, uh, actually putting a smaller Pro Charger on for this year. I'm excited about that. Cause smaller? We, okay. Yeah. Uh, it was an uh, F3 121 that was on there. And it's a pretty good-sized Pro Charger. We really weren't spinning it uh, in its basically optimum area. So uh, we are underspinning it. And then when the air would get good, it would pick up a lot. When the air would get bad, it would slow down a lot. So it was hard to bracket race something like that. And uh, everybody seems to run the F1X12R on the big block Chevy stuff. And they go just as fast as we're going here. We're making 30, 32 pounds of boost on the shift. So you can make that with an F1X and just spin it more. And that way it's more efficient. That way when the air does change, you don't slow down a bunch or pick up a bunch. Yeah. yeah. Right no, now that, makes, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. And, and, but you had some good success this year. You, um, you had some nice finishes. And, and you've uh, won, uh, was it a top sportsman event uh, MCA had a couple years ago? Is that right? Yeah, we, run, we won that NMCA race at Norwalk a few years back. That was still with the nitrous motor. Uh, since we've had the, uh, the, the pro-charge combination, we've had a couple runner-ups. We weren't able to seal the deal. But... Um, yeah, we, we struggle day to day. You know, If we make a run on Friday and then our next run is Saturday and the air changes, that first round is tough. But if we can qualify the same day and run the same day, usually we're within a reasonable dial-in that we can yeah. adjust. You yeah. know? So just getting past first round is always the biggest uh, biggest thing for us. So. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a common problem for all of us, yeah. I think, yeah. right? Like, yeah, I'm uh, not alone. Get, let's get to the second round, get a rhythm, and off we go. Right, right, right. Yeah. Jeff, I appreciate you stopping by, um, learning a, more about um, exotic fabrication and, and you. And, and uh, hey, enjoy the show. 
and, uh, and good luck this year. I'm sure we'll have you on again. We'll, we'll talk more uh, fabricating and uh, maybe cigars, too. Yeah, sounds great. Maybe after a race win, right? I, I like it. Yeah, let's All fire right. one up after yeah, a big man. win. There we go. That Thanks was Jeff Meldick. Everybody. Oh, hey. Um, walking by right now, and he's going to sit down with us from Drag Racer TV, Warren Evans. Warren, how are you today? I am doing well. How are you? And I'm great. I'm at PRI. Like, all the stuff's going on. We got, you know, we're running into old friends. We're making new friends. What, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> it's, it's good stuff. You're, you're right. Something, there's that bumper sticker about a, a bad day at the drag strip is still better than... That's exactly right. I mean, that's exactly right. I think that's kind of what draws a lot of us to this is that... Hey, we're away from the normal grind of uh, the nine to five, and it, this this is a chance for us to really let loose. Yeah, this is this is not the real world. You know, it's, right. you know, like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. So, what happens at PRI, from what I've seen, hopefully stays at PRI. Right. right? That's exactly. Yeah, um, a few people uh, stayed out a little late at the Drag Illustrated party last night. Uh, not yours truly, but. Uh, but some people did, and you know they're they're really hanging on that Vegas vibe. Uh, yeah, I didn't make it down there either, but you know that's always a tremendous event, and I know they moved it to a bigger venue this year to try yes. to accommodate more people, and still a line around the block trying to get into it, and it's kind of the social event of the year when you come to to this event. People like the party more. People like the party. I've heard that. <laughs> Let's let's talk a little bit less about uh, you know what goes on in the nightlife of PRI, and then talk a little bit about uh, Drag Racer TV. And, and uh, I rely on Drag Racer TV every week to kind of keep me up to speed. What's going on round by round? Um, kind of talk about the origins of that for you and where it's at today. Well, it really started as a kind of a different project, maybe. Seven years ago, my home track is Coles County Dragway sure. in Charleston, Illinois. You're familiar with I it. Am. I know. Uh, we were talking last night. I saw your dad racing out there to, at the Motion Raceway reunion. Yep. And uh, and so that's that's been my home track for a long time. And so, as an effort to try to help the track owner, I was thinking of ways that I could that I could do that. You know what? Sure. How could I help? And you know, drag racing is—it's um, kind of an acquired taste. <laughs> yes. You know, if you don't know anything about it, you'll never go try to find anything out about it, right? But once you've been exposed to it, it really helps to set the hook. Yes. And so, the logic is kind of simple: if you can't take people to the track, take the track to the people. Right. So I developed this kind of simple multi-camera system that would be so simple to use that I could uh, that I could switch the cameras with one hand and announce with the other because I was a regular track announcer then. So oh, that's right. yep. left hand I'm announcing, right hand I'm switching cameras and recording this seven hour show. Six, seven hours, right? And at the end of the night what I would get do is go home edit out all the dead time, edit everything out, yep. and then publish to YouTube a two-hour 
edited uh, version. Edited right? version. Yes. Yeah. And when I say edited, every car that went down the track was part of that. Yeah. Uh, but you cut out burnout time. You cut down downtime. You cut down oil downtime. Oil down. Whatever. So you boil it all all down, and it's about hour forty five to two hours. Okay. So the intent. There's a lot of reasons for that mindset. Sure. Um, number one, I wanted to make sure that every racer got some exposure. Yep. Um, other places would do like a highlights package. You know, final round of Super Pro, final round of Pro, Sportsman, Motorcycle, whatever it is. Two minutes, put it on the internet. Great. Well, as we all know, there's some people that race for years and never make it to a final round. They're good racers, they're consistent racers, but they may not get out of third round or fourth round or whatever it is. But those people deserve the exposure too. They need the exposure. So every every pass down the track from the first pair to the final round, chop it all down. It takes a lot of work. It does. It takes a lot of work, but again, I was trying to... It, you know, it was kind of a use case to see if there was any interest in it, which there was. Sure. It didn't have any negative effect on the front gate. But it did help the back gate. More racers would come to the racetrack after they figured out this was happening. They would they would start to come to Coles County as opposed to other tracks because they knew that they could race on a Saturday night and then they could go back on Tuesday. Right. 7 p.m., sit down on their couch and watch it, watch what happened the previous weekend. So that got their families engaged, their friends engaged. It got, it got all these people more involved. And, it helped. Right. and there's a brag factor that you go, hey, yes. listen, this is what I do. There's normal people, I say normal, quote, unquote, normal people, right, that aren't at the racetrack every weekend. And they don't get it. They don't, right. they don't. They have to see it to kind of understand. And you were able to put that together for them. Yes, absolutely. And so it achieved that achieved that purpose. And I, I really did enjoy doing it. And again, I made it simple. And what I still do today is based off of that concept. It's a one man show. I'm in the tower. Uh, I switch the cameras. I don't. It's only me. It's a one man deal. And so. But I, I envision you with like the the one man band that's got like the tambourine, the bass, yeah, you know, the bass drum in the back yeah, and the trumpet right, yes, and it, yes, <laughs> yes, it's something like that, all in a little tag trailer, right? So, but how how it went from that to this was uh, Jay Hollinger, who was the Division Three sure. director yep. at the time. He came over to uh, to do a Jake Super Quick race. Right. Yep. And so he's in the tower and he's watching me do my thing, where I'm announcing and switching and announcing and switching. And so we got into this conversation about what it was I was trying to achieve and yep. why it was important. And so that led to another conversation about, hey, would you like to do uh, do a little trial, a pilot, which. Which I agreed to, which was the fall classic of that year, 2014. And so, similar concept, went over, shot it. The fall classic is, is 
the kind of final event at Indy every year. It's bracket racing, super quick. Yes. And it's, it's, it's yeah. kind of the really last great event that Indy puts on every year. Yes, it is. And it's still, you know, I still cover it to this day because yeah. I really enjoy yeah. that event and what it's all about. You see a lot of, especially if you're a stock, super stock guy, you see a lot of record runs. Yeah. Record run attempts at that. It's cooler. Conditions are good. And, so anyway, that led into, let's try something in 2015, which was the six Lucas Oil Divisional races, plus the bracket finals and the fall classic. Okay. Um, and then it just kind of grew from there, mostly stuff in Division Three for the first three years. And then in 2018, I set out a personal goal to see if, there was any appetite for this in the other divisions. Right. So, still do my Division three baseline schedule, but to do one race in each of the other six divisions. Just yeah. to see That's right. if people were interested, just to see which, clearly they were. Yeah, you know, right. that was. So what's the schedule look like for 2020 now? Because you, you've really pushed this thing out. Yeah, you know, we started with six races the very first year. This coming year, it's going to be 35 races. Wow. 35, well, let me, rephr- let me rephrase that. 35 race weekends. Okay. And there's still openings on the schedule, you know, yep. so we can, <laughs> we can plug stuff in. 29, 29 Lucas Oil Divisional races are going to be on that schedule. So, okay, great. So some of those weekends are doubles, you know, yep. like Topeka and Sonoma but and Dallas. Our- fan base, the listenership that is really focusing on top sports and top direction, that's really the best place to do it. I mean, because we're running divisionals, um, you know, and it's a really great opportunity for us to catch that. Well, I, I think so. And, you know, I love top dragster and top sportsmen. And it's so cool to see these, you know, kind of engineering marvels. There's no cookie cutter right. in right. either one of those categories. You're liable to see a uh, a Vortec machine or a Procharge machine or, uh, you know, somebody melt all the pistons with nitrous or just oil motor or whatever it might be, you know. And they're two, they're, that's, those two categories are a two-part show when you really get down to it, especially like in Division Three. You know, I keep coming back to that. But there's no doubt that Division Three is the most competitive division for those two categories. I mean, look at what happened at Indy at the U.S. Nationals. Amazing. Amazing. 32 cars within a tenth of a second. Right. It's crazy. And who would have ever thought that? You know? Uh, it, it, it really is amazing. So, part of the show is true uh, drama in qualifying. That's right. Yeah, the qualifying. Yes, that that right. qualifying is so hugely important. It's They're not playing the ladder game. They're just trying to get on the ladder. That's right. And, you know, you, you show up with a 640 car in Division Three, that might be a little weak. Right. For top dragster, for sure. For top dragster. And in top sportsmen, you know. Uh, this part of the country, Norwalk, has been tremendous for top sportsmen. So, but it's elevating the entire game for everybody across the country. I agree. You know, and I just, I just love going out. You know, you see very competitive racing all over the country. Uh, Division 7 has some great competition. You know, they have a lot of 48-car fields out there. That's right. But, I mean, there's 
six ten dragsters out there, and there's six ten top sportsman cars out there. There's bad cars everywhere. Oh yes. So Lord, if, if it's just a, thrilling. If you're just trying to check check out the race, um, what's the best way for them to check out the race? Well, I would point them to my website. Yep. That's a good starting spot. www. I'm sorry. Dragracer.tv. That's the easy. Dragracer.tv. Okay, got it. If you slip up and go dragracertv.com, you'll still get there. Okay. But the the real name is dragracer.tv. Yep. And on there, you'll find my schedule. Uh, there will be a link to the upcoming show. Okay. Uh, all the archives. You know, that's kind of the beauty of what I've been doing, too, is not only do we stream the race live. Yep. And it's also archived forever. It's on YouTube. Okay. So you can go to YouTube and do a search on dragracer.tv, or you can do a search on D3TV. That's where the older archives are for the first four years. And go back and watch some great sportsman drag racing. Go back and watch those top dragster passes and top sportsman passes. You'll, You'll be amazed at what you see. And really, if you go back and look at... 2015 compared to now, you can see the evolution of the category. It's progressing at a rapid, pace. very rapid pace, and it's it's a wonderful thing to see. And you know, the second part of the show is the actual competition, and to watch those guys wheel race down there at 220 miles an hour at the finish line, it's just unbelievable. I don't know how they do it. It's the greatest but, class, Martin. It's, it, these are the greatest classes we have in our sport. I mean, I'm biased, but uh, you know, like. Uh, well, it's our show, so we'll talk about that. Yeah, it is. And, I mean, for the excitement level of what happens, yes, top dragster and top sportsman are are pretty much unmatched. Yeah. You well, know. if you've heard enough and you've got to see these cars in action, go to dragracer.tv and see it for yourself. Warren, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate you, and uh, <laughs> have, a, have a great show. Thank you, Rex. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. And, uh, yeah, tune in next year. We're going to. See some great action. I love it. I love it. That was Warren Evans. There, there he is. Dean, sit down, man. Hey, welcome to the hot seat, huh? That's welcome right. That's right. Uh, up next, uh, from McIlvain Race Cars, Dean McIlvain. Dean, how are you today? Great. Thanks so much for having me on. Be always excited to talk about our race cars and uh, what we do over there in New Carolina. Yeah, you've, you've um, been building some just really incredible cars here for a while now and um, i've had a pleasure of uh you know watching a lot of those cars go down the track in the lane next to me um, you know, and uh so I, I need to get on that side of the wind light but uh t- tell us a little bit about backwing race cars and what you do on a daily basis uh we our specialties race cars there really isn't one particular thing that we are, are, are really pushing i guess um, so, you know, we, we we seem to specialize in the not normal, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, like pro-charged, shorty, uh, Mopar motors, uh, shorty that's dragsters. That's the one that's on display here, right. Like, you yep. just finished, it's on display here at PRI. Yeah, literally. Yeah, that, that car is a shorty dragster. Talk about uh, wheelbase on that thing. It's 204 inches, so it is top dragster legal. Uh, it features a uh, 436-inch uh Big block Mopar power plant with the Pro Charger uh, mounted up front, and uh, it's probably more of a bracket deal for for uh, Ron Stair and uh, Chris Wheatcraft. Uh, but it should be pretty cool. I think it's going to be quite fast. Well, yeah, and there's two things that jump out of me at that one. First of all, 
one of our hot topics over the winter is going to be how short is too short for Top Dragster. Um, and I'm not going to ask you to make a comment on that today, Dean, because okay. I know it's legal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other thing is this car is is very cool for a number of reasons, but it also has kind of a, a top fuel canopy type thing to it. Yeah, that was uh, pretty much, you know, we live in the world where if you want something special, we're going to try to figure out how to make it for you. So uh, that was a request of, of Ron and Chris, and so we just put our best foot forward and tried to come up with something kind of cool. and. It'll definitely keep the sun off the top of the head in the, in the heat. And then, uh, you know, beyond that, it, it gets your attention. Yes. Uh, Chris and Charlie Wheatcraft, they just announced this weekend that they took over uh, as, as the owners of Indy Cylinder Head. That's, oh, that's wow. a big announcement. Okay, great. And so, you know, the car's for sure marketing piece. It will get raced. I promise you that. I look for it to turn on lots of wind lights. Uh, but it, it, it gets your attention. makes you want to come look see what it's all about. Yeah, for it's, sure. It's a win-win. Uh, it's really cool stuff. And, um, so that is a piece that if you're here at PRI, you've got to go check out. Um, yeah, please it's, do. It's very cool. And But that, that's not um, even the most celebrated cars you've had. You've had two really celebrated cars that walked out of your shop and performed on the track this year. Talk about those cars. Yeah, um, we, we've been... Uh, you know, for no bigger than we are, we've been really blessed this particular year. Uh, we, we, we built a Nova for Jeremy Mason in 2016. Um, something really cool was the first race we took it to was the U.S. Nationals. Uh, on the track, it wasn't necessarily the greatest deal, but we won Best Engineered with that car at the U.S. Nationals. And uh, literally the next race he took it to after that race, he won, which sort of maybe give us a little inkling of what was to come. Right. And then... Uh, He's getting comfortable as, with it. as things went our way this year, especially for Jeremy, he captured Super Gas World Championship. So, uh, you know, as a builder, not something I ever had on a list of, hey, I want this to happen when yeah. I start this. But uh, just such a huge honor. And, and, you know, he had an amazing year. Yeah, and, and, and in a car that you don't normally see a Supergas champion. Like, it's a full-bodied Nova car. Yeah, it's, it's not the, the roadsters that we hate so much on this show. Yes. Um, although uh, we, we do build those. some of those, too. <laughs> right. Yes. But this is a full-bodied Nova car that you won in Supergas. So yeah, literally the windows still out. roll up in this thing. It's still got all the factory glass in it. Uh, it has a really neat story behind it. Jeremy raced that car uh, for the first time in 2000. One or eleven, I could. Be, I'm not sure on that. But there's literally a sticker that he got the day he raced it for the first time, still in the quarter window. Oh, that's cool. And, and so his dad brought it home. I, I think Jeremy said he sat on a bucket to get it to the house, and they turned it into a race car. And uh, you know, in '16, he come to us and he said, "Man, I want to make this into, you know, a really awesome car." And I said, "Okay, let's figure it out. Let's do this." So yeah, yeah it, it the, the, it's got the factory dash still in it. Um, it, it, it's removable. We, we really put our feet forward and tried to come up with something that was obviously a weapon, but also just a very cool piece. And, yeah. and I'm, I'm very proud of that car and very proud of what Jeremy accomplished this year. For of sure. course, yeah. And then, sure. But that wasn't the only one. I mean, no. Um, it, yeah, Mikey Sturgill uh, took one of our dragsters that we built and uh, locked up that national championship in Super Pro out in Pomona. And I I'm, I'm, was extremely honored to not only build the car, but be there for that. And uh, just what an awesome moment. And uh, Mikey's a bad dude. I've known Mikey since, you know, he was about knee high and, and been friends with that family for what seems like ever. And 
Uh, he's, he, he does good for us. It, it is yeah. awesome. It, it was absolutely awesome. And, and the way he went about it, and I know, it, 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 you know, there's been some stuff on social media about all of it and uh, just – it's it's incredible. I don't re- I don't really have words. Well, I mean, you don't have to because you you just sure. you just build them. Yes, you, you just yes. build them. And and it, um, you know, like the versatility versatility is what is impressive to me, Dean. Like, thank you. You're building dragsters, shorty dragsters, door cars. You're doing fab work on interior type stuff. Like, absolutely. It, that's a pretty wide range of stuff. I mean, most people specialize. Yeah. You have specialized in the Odyssey. Yeah, is, uh, yeah, yeah, the, the not normal. You know, <laughs> the not normal. The, right. the, uh, that, that seems to be my niche. Uh, you want a super gas car with no hood scoop? I know a guy. <laughs> uh, you know, Pro Charger and a shorty? I know that guy too. There you go. And, and I think he keeps us sharp, and I think, you know, that's what's maybe going good for us is that, you know, you don't, you don't get complacent because you're doing the same thing. Right. And so uh, I, I feel like that's as much a benefit as times it feels like a hindrance. But uh, I, I just think it keeps us sharp and, you know, we're always looking and always trying to do a better job with the mousetrap if yeah, possible. That's right. So, very cool. Guys, girls, if you need something not normal, Dean McLevane at McLevane Race Cars is your man. Dean, so much. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. Yep. That was the best. Dean McLevane. Uh, Oh, man. My guy, George Rubistello, just walked by. Let's have him sit down. George, what is happening? How you doing, man? Good to see you. Man, I'm really good. Um... So this, this guy I've known a long, long time back in our NHRA Unleashed days. That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. We're dating both of us. But uh, <laughs> um, we've, uh, we've, we were back there. It was a lot of heads-up stuff. You've kind of stayed in that world. Um, talk a little bit about your loose screw car. I have a, a 63 Chevy Nova. It's called loose screw. It's blown on alcohol. Very fitting. It's blown on alcohol. <laughs> yeah, it is fitting. There's always stuff falling off of it. <laughs> and, I, and I'm involved with a, a new show. It's called uh, All Out Live and The Call Out. Yep, that's and, right. And it's uh, a great show. I mean, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, so you are you are doing a heads-up call-out. Heads yeah. and, uh, and then... It's a TV show, right? TV That's on show. It's on MAV TV. MAV TV. Got it. And uh, does that have a normal routine of when that thing is live or, or aired usually? I mean, is it Monday yeah, Every Wednesday night at 9 o'clock. Wednesdays at 9. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, we'll talk a little bit about, it's a blown car, I know, but uh, talk a little bit about how long you've owned that car and, and what you've done to it. I've had it about almost 15 years now. And over the 15 years, I've done a lot of work to it. I just put it about 10 years ago now. I did a chassis. Yep. Uh, painted it a couple times, because that's what I do for a living. Yeah, you're a painter, right? Yeah, yeah. 42 years. Okay. <laughs> so you you can afford to repaint it if you have yeah, to, I just right? did it last winter. Okay. All right. It was uh, two-tone. I made it all pearl yellow now. Got it. Yep. Yeah. Now, how does that show work? So you're you're gonna go. How many uh, tracks do you guys go to? Uh, th- this year, I think we're going to eight tracks. Okay. Yeah. You know, uh, we do some traveling. You know, last year we were in Texas. Yep. That was the furthest we've been so far is Texas. Gotcha. Michigan. We've been to Michigan. 
so this is kind of like um, you know what the guys would do on the street, except you put it on the track, put it on and the track. Um, and then everybody is privy to the to uh, what you're calling them out for. And well, the, there's two parts of the show. The first part, you know, is uh, all out live, and they run classics. Okay. And, you know, and there's good money. You know, you win two thousand dollars plus prizes. I mean, nice prizes. Yep. Wheels. I mean, it's, it's really good stuff. Yep. And then, and then your part is... Uh, uh, we do a call-out. Whatever state we go to, we do a video and call the entire state out. Yeah, and then so you get people from that state yeah, saying, they, hey, they I can, wanna, yeah. I, I want a piece of you. Yes. And the blown... There's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. All right, how's yeah. that? You've been through season one, right? Yeah, we're, and, we're in uh, season three now. Season three, okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah. And where do you guys go this year? Uh, we're going to Lapeer... Uh, I don't have the schedule on me. Uh, US 13. Yeah, US 13. US 13, got it. Uh, Ocean City Mound, that's the US 13, I think. If people want to come out and watch that show, where do they go to check it out? Go to alloutlive.com. Okay. On the website, and the schedule will be up. They're going to be announcing the schedule today. Okay, great. Yeah, this, this is a good time to announce all that stuff. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. And so if they want a piece of you now, do you want to disclose? I know for a fact that you're going to uh, engine upgrade this winter. Do you yeah. want to disclose that or you try to keep no, that I, secret? I, I, I can disclose that. All right, okay. We're going to be building a 632 blown alcohol. It should make like 2,000 horsepower. That's a big boy for uh, yeah. a, a screw blown motor. It should be fun. <laughs> it should be all right. It should be a lot of fun. <laughs> Uh, that's that is great stuff. All right. Um, yeah, man. Um, what else are you, you making a power plant change? I mean, does that require anything else? You got to do any chassis no, work too? Uh, no, no chassis work. You know, maybe a little tranny work. Okay. Yeah. To hold the power. Yep. But other than that, the car yeah. should handle it. Yeah. Well, and you've been doing this a long time. A long so, time. So uh, you know. Uh, a long time. You know, you're ready for that challenge. I, I love it though, man. You know, it's just so much fun. The show we do is great. Good time. Good time. Everybody gets along. There's no fighting, no kicking. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, and uh, yeah, that's so that's a little bit different what we it's do. It's like NHR Unleashed when we were doing that. It's the same thing, right? You're battling each other once you get strapped well, you know, in. But after great. that, yeah, yeah. You know, everybody got along there too, man. Yeah, that's that's really good yeah. stuff. Yeah. No, uh, George, appreciate you coming on. Hey, no problem. We do. You know, we're very focused on the fast brackets here, top sportsman, top dragster. But we always do a segment called Out of the Group, where we talk with somebody that is. I appreciate you having me not on. Not quite in our uh, category, yeah. and uh, man, it's been so good to see you and yeah, catch me up too, here. Yeah, man. It's been a long time. Yeah, it has been. It has been. So, you know, maybe uh, we'll catch up here at some point All right, in time uh, this, uh, this, this summer. That was George Rubastello, a good friend of mine. Great to see you again, buddy. Thank you. All right, let's back at it here at the Fast Brackets podcast. We see people walking by here. Brian Tidrick is walking by saying hello. We've got a lot of great people that have stopped by and kind of waving at us at um, the live show here. But with us now is the owner, founder of Renegade Race Fuels, Toby Baptiste. Toby, how are you today? Doing well, Rex. How are you? I'm great, man. Good, like this, man. I mean, does it get much better this? First of all, I didn't. I saw all my race friends did not break apart. I didn't break a single part, and I haven't lost a round yet. So things are really 
really good. Still have money in your pocket, right? That's right. That's right. Um, But you've got a great setup here um, in the booth, 3501, and um, you put a lot of resources into this. But let's go way back. Let's talk about how you got started in drag racing um, and really the founding Renegade Race Wheels. Yeah, sure. Uh, So back when I was in high school, I was an avid football player, wrestler, baseball player. Had an opportunity to go to college and uh, play some sports. I made some mistakes, as typical high schoolers do. And uh, my dad wanted to make sure I had a focused effort on something else besides partying and ladies and getting in trouble. And uh, I had an opportunity to have a scholarship in baseball and football, and I made a mistake and lost that opportunity. And so I got into coaching later to help other young people avoid some of those same roadblocks. Well, my dad said, hey, you can get into drag racing, but you're not just going to show up and drive. You're going to be here at the shop, you know, during the week, working on the car, getting stuff done. So drag racing to me or racing in general saved my life. And uh, so it's very impactful for me. Plus, I got to build that relationship with my dad. So we were in a uh, fierce track championship. We were number two behind by a few points. Got a bad drum of fuel, received a bad drum of fuel. It messed up some engine parts. I know racing, there's no warranty in racing, right? Right. But I did ask the area fuel supplier, hey, would you mind making this drum of fuel right? He said no. I said, okay, cool. 19 years old, I decided to start a fuel dealership. And I started a fuel dealership for a race fuel company up north in Michigan. In just a few years, we were their second or third largest distributor. So as a 21, 22-year-old, I'm thinking, whoa, man, this is kind of cool, right? Well, then Coke Refinery, uh, Jerry Lynn Wall, still a mentor of mine, I think a world of him, he heard about this young gun selling racing fuel in Kentucky, and they had no market presence, right, in the southeast. Coke Refinery's based in Michigan, uh, Minnesota, and he flew down within a two days and said, hey, we're going to give you seven states from Indiana on down to Florida over to Alabama, Mississippi, through Tennessee, and we want you to run the race field program in those seven states. And so here I am. I didn't know what K-O-C-H was. I didn't know it was pronounced Coke then when I had the meeting, and you can only think what I – how somebody going to say this race field is going to work, right? Yes. Um, and then, you know, he gave me that op- – and I'm very humbled by that opportunity because Jerry Linwall put a lot of uh, a thought and faith into me as a person, and I will always be indebted to him and thankful for his relationship and mentorship. So either way uh, – or going back, two years later, we became the number one region of Coke Performance Race Fuels in two years. A lot of thanks goes to the team members I had at that Zero point. to one. Zero to one. Gotcha. I got to learn really quick, though, that refineries look at racing fuel as a small part of their business. Coke was the first one to develop what they called then, I believe it was called Blue Fuel, which is now known as low sulfur diesel fuel. Oh, okay. Years ago, there was not low sulfur diesel fuel. Well, they had to have a tank to put it in, and they had already won all these municipal contracts. So after we broke all these records and we're thinking, yeah, baby, we're number one, we get told they're pulling the plug on the race fuel program. So at that point, Rex, I said, you know what? I've got to learn the marketing side, the distribution side, now the manufacturing side. Let's blend our own race fuel. We're based out of Kentucky. 
we're known for making world-class bourbon, baby. Let's make some world-class racing fuel. So what we did for many years is we made manufactured race fuels for other companies. I can't get into those companies due to previous contracts, but some of our fuels were in other drums that are very, very known. And it got to a point to where if our costs were going up, for example, 10 cents a gallon, the companies we were making race fuel for, they were going up 50, 60 cents a gallon. So me being a racer starting out with nothing out of a one-car garage, I got very passionate about feeling like racers were getting taken advantage of and their britches were getting jerked around their ankles. So a few years back, I said, hey, we're making the fuel. We have the technology. We have the facilities. Let's create our own brand. And that's why we have Renegade today. So Renegade from the, the norm, right? There you go. I like it. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. That, that's really great stuff. I appreciate you sharing that yeah, with sure. us. I mean, that's, um, hey, that is that is doing it for the racers. And, uh, and, and everybody is. I mean, you've grown this thing since then. Uh, but you've also kept an eye on your own race program. Right. Uh, why, I mean, you still do this with us every day. What? Talk to us about your race cars. Yeah, sure. So I, I got out of racing because the business started growing so much, but I always got, had a passion for it. Yeah. And my daughter, Braden, which is here with me, she works for me now learning the business. She said, Dad, you know, you, you've worked your tail off for so many years so you could go racing. Now you don't have time to go racing. Let's get back and go racing. So I said, okay, well, I don't have a big sponsor, so we're going to pick about five or six events to go to a year. You know, the Renegade brand's been growing. We're now 50 states wide, 17 international countries. I said, we'll go to five events. So we built a top dragster, and uh, it's got a... 540 big block in there with a uh, 1471 high helix blower. There we go. We get pumped up. We go. I hadn't been in a seat now in about 13, 12, 13, 14 years. And man, we went out and went to five events, won one, runnered up once at the NHRA's. It was then the quickest top dragster field at Bowling Green. Oh, right. right yep. So we f- finished semifinals there, and I said, you know what? I think we got a pretty good little race team. Right. So riding the bike. There you go. So it was like getting back on a bicycle. So we got that, and then we got a top sportsman uh, door car built by uh, ProFab Chassis out of, out of Coleoka, Tennessee. We'll debut that car 2020. Oh, fantastic. Yep. Okay. Talk to us a little bit about that, that machine. Yeah, it's uh, got a 785 cubic inch mountain motor, okay. two splits, uh, quick fuel, uh, you know, came to the step to the plate there. Yeah, they're close. Yep. In, NOS, uh, they're supplying the nitrous system to that, so we'll have uh, two kits there. And so, you know, the, the goal is trying to get our feet wet. It's been a while since I've been in a door car. Uh, so we're going to pick out about five top sportsman racers, maybe a couple heads-up races, and, sure. you know, go break it in a little bit. Well, I mean, you did pretty well with the top dragster stuff. I'm sure that, you know, the door car stuff will be the same. Right? I hope so. <laughs> right. But the door cars can, um, you know, they can be a little harder to drive than a dragster. Yeah, for sure. No, yeah. that's, that's kind of the fun of it, though, right? Yeah, it is. What's the body style on that? It's a 69 Camaro. Okay. Yep. All right. Yeah, I'll like show it. you a picture after the podcast. I like it. Yeah, well, uh, I'm a first-gen guy myself, so I, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. So yeah. That's that's great. Um, um, so you're you're going to run both cars then, you think, we this will. year? Okay. We will. We will. All right, so that'll keep you hustling. And then, it will. Uh, you're, you're based out of uh, Bowling Green, so you got, you've got got a pick of 
races and good tracks to go to and be able to put those, both those machines to work? Yeah, we'll definitely hit the you know the local Bowling Green races. Uh, Brock's a good friend of mine, the track manager sure. down there, and, and we'll probably hit one in Florida. And then you know I've never raced at Norwalk, I've, and I've never raced at the U.S. Nationals. And that's one of my goals. I have to have bucket list. Yep, I, I have one points race, uh, a grade point, yep. and I got to get two more grade points. And then now I'm here, and you probably know about this. It, it blows my mind to hear on the bracket side, which my roots are at. Sure. How many blown dragsters are running four forties, four tens, three not and winning? Right. And back when I was bracket racing, winning some big checks, you know, you were a fool to have too fast of a dragster because you were going to be inconsistent. That's right. And the sweet spot was having a dragster that ran like 530s, 540s. So I was so amazed to talk to the, the coming boys yesterday and a few others, and they're showing me pictures of blower cars winning big money bracket it's, races. It's amazing, actually. I mean, the, the, how consistent these cars are now at the speeds they're doing it. I mean, yeah. you know, we we talked about Jeff Taylor and uh, Darren Bosch. Those guys are winning bracket races with their top dragster machines, and, and that was unheard of years ago. Just yeah. just unheard of. And so I think it's it's also breaking the stigma that you know that the fast cars are not consistent and can't win you know on the tree and on the finishing line too. So it's a it's good for our sport, man. It's really really good for our sport. Um, Toby, I appreciate you coming on today. I appreciate you lending uh, the Fast Brackets podcast an area to record here at PRI. This is great stuff. Um, can't thank you enough for the, the opportunity to do it here and really enjoy our conversation today. Thanks so much. Toby Baptiste, the owner and founder of Renegade Race Fuels. Racers that win, pour it in, baby. Let's go. Thanks, Rex. I like Rex. it. I like it. Thanks, Thanks Toby. All right. All right, we're going to bring it back in and take the stripe. Guys, girls, that is the show for today on this live episode. So we're going to go ahead and pull the shoots on episode number 33. Um, there it is. There's the wind light. And, uh, oh, boy. Got a little aggressive with Gloria. We like it. But uh, there's Laura Branigan bringing in her sweet, sweet sounds and the song we love to hear at the end. Um, special thanks to all our guests today, specifically Ron Finney, um, Jeff Molnick, Warren Evans, Dean McElvain, and Toby Batiste. They were all fantastic. Um, hey, we'll have a couple of uh, follow-up episodes here in, the, in a couple weeks from PRI, but it's we're going to be a little lighter this winter. We're going to go ahead and put up on Jack, do some maintenance on the show. Um, but uh, so it'll be a little bit slower, kind of like the, all our winter racing is. Um, but please, please tell all your like-minded, fast brackets friends about the show. You can subscribe on SoundCloud. You can go on that purple icon on iTunes. Get that. Uh, just you know, and make some comments. Uh, either if you're on Twitter at Fast Brackets, you can go on the Fast Brackets page on our podcast page on Facebook. You can make comments like, "Hey, I like to go fast." You can like, uh, I love the fast brackets. You can make comments like, he's making me do this. I don't care. That's fine. It all works. But uh, you guys have been great. But please do not make me warn you again. Keep it off the limiter. Um, You guys have been great. I hope you've enjoyed it. Keep the rubber side down and travel safe.